0: Hey there. Let's start this episode by setting the expectations up front. This is not a normal episode. If you're not interested in hearing updates about changes to the show or probably way more details than you ever cared about, feel free to skip this episode since we're not really going to cover a movie in this one. But I'm a big believer in being as open and honest about things as possible, so I wanted to do that with you right now. If you look at the release dates on previous episodes, you'll know that this is the first episode in a little while. In fact, this is the first episode of Based on a True Story since April. With my father's unexpected passing, I took a hiatus from the show so I could focus my time elsewhere. But I loved putting together the podcast, and I always wanted to start it back up again. I just didn't know when I would be able to do that. Now, if you listen to the show since its inception years ago, you'll know that originally, Based on a True Story, was a bi-weekly podcast. It came out every two weeks. The reason I started it that way is because I didn't want to overcommit. I didn't truly know how long it would take to put together a podcast each and every week, and I didn't truly know how much time I'd be able to pour into it. Then, after a few months, as I figured out those things and figured out I was able to essentially double the amount of episodes creating a weekly show. As it stayed up until I took the hiatus in April. Now, if you've listened to the show for a while, you probably know there's no major network behind this show. I don't have a team of people helping me with research and editing and recording. Up until my father's passing that prompted the hiatus, I spent well over 20 hours per week on top of a full-time job to put the show together— There was a lot of late nights and early mornings and weekends and time spent researching and putting the show together because I love doing it. But even though it was 20 hours a week on top of a full-time job, and that sounds like a lot of time, and in my opinion, quite honestly, it was. It was a lot of work to put it all together, but it's still not the years and years and years that a lot of authors and a lot of researchers dedicate to a single topic that we cover in a single week. And that's why I've always tried to promote authors and other folks who have spent those years covering the topics that we've discussed. One of my goals for this show is not to be the end all for any given topic, but to be the spark that makes you want to go watch the movie or read the books that dive deeper into the topics that we talk about. My point here is that it's just me, one person. And when I'm not working on the show, no one is. Lately, I haven't been able to work on the show hence the hiatus, that's behind us now. It's time for me to bring the show back, but I can't quite commit to the same schedule as before. For now, I'm going to bring the show back on a bi-weekly basis, just like it was when the show first came out. New episodes will come out every other Monday. And that brings us to the money side of things. Money is one of those touchy subjects that can be tough to talk about sometimes, but I think after all this time it's safe to say you and I are friends and you can talk about this kind of stuff with friends, right? Money is a necessary evil. After all, nothing in life is free. So, let's start with some context. If you're like me, you've got a subscription to Netflix. That's great, right? Ten bucks a month for tens of thousands of movies and TV episodes, more content you could ever want, and even more added all the time. It never goes down and there's no hiatus for Netflix. Well, We all know that Netflix is a big company, but I think it can get real easy to forget just how different it is for companies compared to individuals. So, as of January 2018, Netflix had some 110 million subscribers. Of course, Netflix has different subscription levels, but let's just say they average $10 a month. That's roughly $1 billion per month. And that's why Netflix is able to be everywhere, release so much content, and hire the teams of people necessary to... Never have a hiatus. And now I know you're saying podcasts are different, right? Of course. But you get the idea that the only way Netflix can offer so much stuff for only $10 a month is because there's hundreds of millions of people paying that $10 a month. The same principle is true for any sort of content creation, even podcasts. Let's look at one of the largest podcast networks, How Stuff Works. Now, they're not a public company like Netflix, so we don't really know their exact numbers, but did you know that they did not start as a podcast company? HowStuffWorks was founded in 1998 as a side project for a professor at North Carolina State University. At that time, it was a website. No podcasts. It wasn't until years later that that professor, Marshall Brain was his name, raised venture capital to turn it into a real company. Still, no podcasts. By the time 2008 rolled around, their website HowStuffWorks.com was pulling in 58 million visitors a month. That's like half of Netflix subscribers going to their website. Granted, that's not everyone paying for a subscription. HowStuffWorks.com is a free website, so it's not like each of those 58 million visitors are paying $10 a month like with the Netflix subscriptions, but they are seeing the ads on the website. So with that many users flowing in and out in front of advertisers, that's how the folks at How Stuff Works are able to make money. It was about that time in 2008 that one of their first podcasts, Stuff You Should Know, launched. So what's my point here? How Stuff Works was a company for about a decade before they started podcasts. They had venture capital behind them, like a normal company. They had almost 58 million people a month going to their website with advertisers they already had relationship with before they even launched a podcast. Since How Stuff Works isn't a public company, we don't really know what that ad revenue translates to in dollars, but it's clear that they're able to do pretty well for themselves since they've launched some 20 or so podcasts and various supporting websites, video content, etc. And all of that is ad supported. So the big difference is that Netflix has a steady income of subscribers, so they don't need ads. How Stuff Works, on the other hand, gives their content away for free, but then they have ads. Both. Have pretty huge followings. That's kind of the common denominator. I think that's massively important because most of the huge podcasts that you see out there now already had a huge following before starting their shows. How Stuff Works with their tens of millions of visitors to their website, the same for NPR, which was huge long before they started podcasts, or even celebrities that had a huge following long before they started a podcast, like Joe Rogan. Of course, there's podcasts that gain enough of a following to support the podcaster full time through the popularity of the podcast, like Aaron Mankey at Lord. But the point here is that that is the exception rather than the rule. And as you can probably guess, this show is not one of those exceptions. How Stuff Works is so very different from an indie podcast that the only common theme is the outcome. They're both podcasts. How they're made is quite different. By that, I don't mean the technical side of it. It's, they're both people talking into a microphone and audio getting recorded. But what I mean is that a major network like How Stuff Works has teams of people. There are the hosts who focus on creating great content. Then that content gets passed to someone to edit the show, passed to someone else to do the marketing for the show, and someone else to design and develop the website, manage the hosting, and so on. Comparing that to an indie podcast like this show... It's just me writing, researching, watching the movies, reading the books, articles, recording, editing, marketing everything, building the website, fixing the website when something breaks, and so on. Both How Stuff Works and Netflix are big companies. That's how they can produce so much quality content without the breaks and still do it for next to nothing price rise or nothing at all in How Stuff Works advertiser friendly ecosystem. So, what does that look like for an indie podcast like this one? Well, I don't have 110 million subscribers paying $10 a month, I can tell you that. But if I did, you can bet I'd hire a team to make sure you wouldn't miss a show. Now, before we dive into the costs of this show, I want to clarify something up front. And I'm not telling you this to make it seem like I'm asking for money. Trust me, I'm not a fan of that sort of sales tactic where someone makes you feel sorry for them so they try to get get you to give them money. That's not what this is about at all. This is about what I mentioned earlier, just Setting the expectations up front. Now, just between you and I, there have been times in my life where I've had to choose between entertainment and food. And you can bet I wasn't renting movies or paying for podcast hosting when the choices were one of those two things. So, if that's the case, why am I telling you this? Why am I going to tell you the cost of the show? It'll be clear at the end, trust me. But first, let's go over the bills that have to get paid to produce each episode of this podcast. As you can probably guess, they vary from month to month. Think of it like your utilities. If you use more water or electricity one month, the bill is going to be higher. Use less, and it'll be cheaper. There are some consistent bills, but overall, podcasting is a lot like that because each episode is different. So the costs for each episode are different, and those differences start at the very beginning for this show the movie itself. With one episode per week and an average of four weeks per month, that's about four movies per month. Buying a new movie costs about 20 bucks, so that would be about $80 a month just for the movies if I bought them outright. All right, now I'm sure you're saying, we just talked about Netflix, and there's cheaper ways to watch movies than buying them every time. And you're right. I don't always buy them, hence the varying cost from month to month. If The movie isn't one that I already own. Sometimes the local library has it, and I can watch it for free. Other times, I can watch it on a streaming service for free. Well, it's not really free. Those subscriptions aren't expensive, like the $10 a month for Netflix, but they're not free either. And not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but because I watch a ton of movies and prefer to do so for those low costs instead of paying for each movie, I pay for a lot of streaming services, Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Showtime, Stars. Maybe not every month, but if a movie I need is covered there, it's cheaper to pay the ten dollars on Netflix and then get access to uh, potentially multiple movies instead of paying twenty dollars for one movie. So it's hard to put into costs. Uh, Netflix is ten dollars a month. Hulu is like six for the cheapest. Uh, then there's the premium movie channels. The three I use the most are HBO. Showtime and stars They average about $10 each, uh, which added with Netflix and Hulu brings us to roughly about $46 a month. Well, I don't always have each of those subscriptions going at any given time. If we want to get technical about it, uh, I also did include Amazon Prime, which sometimes has some movies on that I'll use for the podcast on there. And let's just average it to, let's say, I'm going to say about uh, $30 a month because sometimes I have them, sometimes I don't. And sometimes it it varies. Again, it goes back to the fluctuating costs. But as we all know, sometimes you sit down to Netflix and find a movie. It's just not there. The same is true for any streaming service. So if I can't find it there then i'll either rent the movie for 3 or 4 bucks on amazon prime or google play or because renting the movie only lasts for 48 hours on those services if it's a movie that sometimes i'll need to watch multiple times over and over of the span of the week that i'm researching it i'll just go ahead and buy it outright on one of those same services every month is different but for the sake of argument let's split it right down the middle let's say if there's four movies a month two are from streaming and two need to be bought for 20 bucks a pop Okay, so that brings us to about $40 for the two paid movies, about $30 for the streaming services, or about $70 overall. Not saving a ton if we were to pay, you know, $20 a pop to actually buy them, right? And we heard that was $80 a month roughly. But $10 is $10. Okay, so all of that to watch the movies. The typical two-hour movie will take about two or three times that to watch as I'm taking notes uh, while I'm watching it. But we're not budgeting in time here, so let's move on to the next cost. That comes with research. After watching the movie, I'll pull open my notes and start answering some of the questions that I had while I was watching and actually taking the notes. Did that scene really happen? Was that fact that they mentioned real? As I'm digging to try to find the answers, you can find a lot of stuff on the internet for free, but you get what you pay for, and that saying is very often true. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great resources out there for free, but not always. And quite honestly, I prefer to pay a few bucks for a solid resource to be able to fact-check the movie instead of trusting a free site like Wikipedia. So my most common sources come from a mixture of free internet articles and then the paid books documentaries or historical documents from sites like Ancestry.com and Newspapers.com, documentaries being on a lot of those streaming services, which goes right back to those costs there. And again, no two movies are the same, but I'll always get at least one or two books for each episode alongside the subscription services to places like Ancestry.com, Newspapers.com, finding some of those historical documents that aren't in books. Like the movies, sometimes I can get those books for free from the library, but in most cases, I'll usually buy the Audible version, and this is kind of a little bit of a base on a true story behind the scenes of the podcast. What I'll do is I'll buy the Audible version so I can listen to the audiobook during my daily commute to and from work. Then I can add bookmarks in the audiobook version to things that I want to research later. To do that... I'll buy the Kindle companion book so I can read those bookmarked areas and then search through the book a little bit easier and then start to compare some of those things with the other historical documents and various things that come up in the research. Now, that's usually about 10 to 20 bucks for both of those books, but let's average that out to about $15 each episode. So with four episodes a month, that's about $60 a month for books. Then there's the subscription services, notably Ancestry.com and Newspapers.com. Ancestry is about $189 per year or $15 a month, while Newspapers.com is about $150 per year or about $12 per month. Now, I don't always keep those subscriptions active. In particular, Ancestry, I don't keep that subscription active all the time, but Newspapers.com has been really helpful. And so usually that one I will keep active. Um, So let's say that's another $12 a month there. We can just eliminate the Ancestry.com since that kind of comes and goes. All right, so that is a very rough overview of the costs of research. Now we come down to the actual monthly costs for producing the show itself. Podcast hosting is about 30 bucks a month. Uh, website hosting is about 15 bucks a month. Then there's other various costs like the licensing for the music, uh, design assets for the images I create that my, I cre- myself. Like the images uh, you see on the banner for each episode on the podcast website, I create all of those. That's roughly about another 15 bucks a month. Uh, so... Let's see. So far, we have uh, 70 bucks a month for the movies, 37 bucks a month for research, another 60 bucks a month for podcast production charges, roughly. So we're at about $167 a month. Now, could things be cheaper? Sure. There's cheaper podcast hosting out there. There's cheaper web hosting. I could scour the web for absolutely free music or sound effects, but all of that tends to take more time, which takes away time from researching writing, recording, and editing the show. So in a nutshell, that's a rough look at the monthly costs for the podcast. So what about the money that the show is making? Just like a lot of people don't like to talk about money, a lot of podcasters don't like to talk about how much money their podcast makes. And everyone has their own reasons for that. A big part of that is probably because a vast majority of podcasts aren't really making any money at all. Sure, some people are podcasting full time. We mentioned earlier, Aaron Making of Lore is making a full time living off of it, but most of them, the indie podcasters at least, not ones that are backed by huge networks like How Stuff Works, are not making a living off of it, and not even coming close to that. But there's a difference between not making a living off of it and not having any money coming in at all. And again, all podcasts are different, of course. But let's chat about this show. There's three streams of income for this podcast. Years ago, when the podcast first started, I used to put the scripts that I wrote for each episode, the transcripts on Amazon as short reads for about 99 cents each. I tried to be as upfront as possible, putting it in the very front, the free preview for the book and in the description. You can listen to this for free. It's completely free. But this is just one way to help support the show by uh, getting the essentially Kindle friendly version of it. But as it turns out, not many people like reading their podcasts. Now, I can't blame them. So I stopped doing that a while ago. And instead, I just post the transcripts for free on the website now. But because there are still some up there, I think I make like 10 bucks a month from the royalties there, if I'm lucky. So technically, that is an income stream. About a year ago, I started up the YouTube channel where I'd post a podcast, and I figured with YouTube pushing audio with their YouTube music app and background mode on YouTube Red, and that some people might like listening to it there. And the ability to add monetization could help pay off a few of the bills. That actually worked pretty well, and of course it varies quite a bit depending uh, from month to month on views, but I was making about 50 bucks a month there up until... YouTube decided to change the rules in February of 2018 and get rid of monetization for smaller channels. Now, I've reapplied for monetization because I do meet their threshold now of minimum number of subscribers and all of that over there, but it's been many, many months now and I haven't heard anything. It's still pending, so technically that's not an income stream, but hopefully it will be at some point and I can get that roughly 50 bucks a month back. Now again, as I mentioned earlier, some podcasters don't make any money on their show. but I consider myself very fortunate to have some folks, who I call the producers for Based on a True Story, who are going out of their way to help pay some of these bills through their donations on Patreon each month. As of this recording, that knocks off about 75 bucks a month. Well, except for Patreon's cut of all of that, which... If that's all right with you, I think I'll just keep it simple and pretend like they're not taking a percentage. We can get as nitpicky as we want when it comes to budgets, but that's not really the purpose of this. All right, so let's do a recap. With about $167 a month in costs, taking out about $85 a month of income, I'm actually paying about $82 a month to put the show together. Now, that would drop to about $32 a month if YouTube decides to start allowing monetization again. Sure. 32 bucks a month isn't going to break the bank. Some sales tactics might try to get you to believe it's less than a couple cups of coffee a week at Starbucks, but (laughs) I choose to spend my money on creating a podcast instead of spending that much on Starbucks coffee. And of course, none of that accounts for the one-off expenses like uh, microphones, computers, software programs, costs for hiring folks much more talented than I am for design work that I can't do myself, and so on. Sure, it's less common, those are the one-offs, but they also tend to cost a lot more when they're needed. Hardware, software, people's time, those things aren't cheap. No, and speaking of time, as a fun little side note, the average episode, as we mentioned earlier, takes about 20 hours to put together in researching, writing, recording, and editing. So, with four episodes, that boils down to about 80 hours a month, which means I'm making less than minimum wage if we factor in the income there. Now for each hour that breaks down to about a dollar twenty-five an hour. So how is that going to change with the podcast going bi-weekly? And this is really the reason I wanted to to be as upfront about this as possible. So if four episodes took about 80 hours a month, let's keep things simple and assume two is, are going to take 20 hours a month, then the cost of only two movies instead of four, that mean I might actually start making a profit of about $3 a month once YouTube's monetization starts up again. Or if we're talking hourly, uh, making about uh, $3 over 40 hours means I'd be making about, uh, about $0.07 cents or so an hour. But for the sake of argument... Let's forget about those one-off charges. Go back to the low end estimate for monthly costs. I don't really care about making seven cents an hour at the end of the day. I'm perfectly happy paying the thirty-two dollars a month to put the show together, like I've been doing up until now. So right now, I have a feeling you're probably saying, What about ads? A lot of podcasts, we talked about this earlier. A lot of podcasts get sponsors and make money from ads. Quite honestly. I probably could make a lot more money off this show if I decided to go that route. I've had advertisers reach out, but I've always turned them down. Ads aren't some sort of magic pill to making a podcast bring in the riches. From the offers that I've received, we're talking an average of maybe a few hundred bucks an episode. And yeah, when you're doing, especially if you're doing four episodes a month, that can add up and could make the show cash flow positive. But... Advertisements don't come with just the money. There's another full time job on top of the podcast, just keeping sponsors happy, recording all of the different segments, editing those in, or uh, hooking up the dynamic aspect and and changing all of that. All of that takes away time from actually being able to create the content, the core content of the podcast. And I've never wanted to do that. So. Even though I'm going bi-weekly now, that is for a completely different reason. It's not like my free time is going to go to finding or managing sponsors. On top of that, I don't really want to be beholden to a sponsor. One of the worst things I could think of. Uh, one of my I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and he was asking about ads and why I don't do ads. And I brought up a really uh, a point that I honestly came across. Uh, this was. A uh, year or so ago now, and uh, as of this recording, when I was doing an episode on Schindler's List, which obviously is a very, very heavy, heavy episode, a very sad—I mean, it's a—it's a—a horrific event, obviously in history. And around that time, I had some uh, advertisers who wanted to put ads into the show, and. At that time, you know, I was I was contemplating it. I was I was thinking about it, and then I I thought, where in an episode like Schindler's List can I put an ad? Can I break up the story to talk about underwear or mattresses or uh, food delivered to your home or whatever the popular podcasts uh, ads are? I just I couldn't find a place that I could do that and still. And still tell the story the way I wanted to do that. And so that's kind of what I mean by creative control. Not all sponsors try to take creative control, but in some way, when you're breaking up the story there, at least in my mind, especially for episodes like that one, um, and granted, they're not all that heavy, but still, there's stories being told, and I don't really want to break that up. I think it hurts the overall story when you have an ad in the middle. And that's one common denominator that every advertiser wants. They all seem to want to put ads in the show. And maybe it's just me, but in my mind when you listen to Based on a True Story, you don't really want to listen to an ad. You want to learn the true story behind movies. So that's what I want to do my best to bring you. And that's essentially why I haven't added or created any ads and brought on sponsors for the show to help fund it that way. Of course, the past couple episodes being an an exception, not to the ads, but to the true story behind movies. Although, if you've been listening closely up to this point, you're probably thinking, wait a minute, you have monetization on YouTube, don't you? Isn't that ads? Well, yes, you're not wrong there, but I kind of look at those a little bit differently because those are ads you can choose to get rid of by listening to the podcast anywhere else that's ad-free for free, It's a little bit different than the ad being in the actual content itself and having to choose where to take a break in the story to insert that ad. I feel like I'm ramming a little bit, but and that's kind of the whole purpose of an entire episode dedicated to housekeeping. So anyway, let's try to get back to the topic at hand. Earlier, I mentioned there was a point to telling you all of this, and here it is. This podcast costs more time and money than it makes. Ask almost any indie podcaster, and they might not run through all of the details and itemize things that we've talked about so far, but they'll tell you the same. And like any indie podcaster, I create this show because I have the same interests you do. I love finding out the true stories behind movies, and I hope that I can save you some time by doing some of the research for you. Although, I will admit there's one selfish reason I have for creating the show beyond the fascination I have for movies and history. That's you. I've met some amazing people online and in person since starting the show that I wouldn't have been able to otherwise. People like you who share the same fascination with movies and history. Unfortunately, the episodes themselves are a bit one-sided. I'm talking into a mic and you can't really respond right away. That's why I wanted to share... All of this with you, so you'll be able to see things from the perspective, from my perspective behind the mic a little bit more. Now you can hopefully understand the sort of facts and figures I've been thinking about as I've tried to put together the logistics of really. Once I came to the realization that I I I can't really dedicate the same amount of time that I did for a weekly show, and so it was okay. What if I do biweekly? And I saw all of this stuff started. going through my mind and trying to figure out what it's going to do to the show to go from weekly to bi-weekly essentially I'm going from paying 32 dollars a month to making three dollars a month in pure profit <laughs> sounds pretty sweet right in a couple of months I might be able to buy one of those Starbucks cups of coffee everyone talks about <laughs> okay I'm only joking obviously if I'm choosing to pay, to put the show together. I could go get some Starbucks if I wanted to. I'm fortunate enough to not have that situation where I'm having to choose between uh, food and putting together the show. But what would you do in my situation? Well, honestly, I, I couldn't really figure out what the best thing to do would be. So I decided to let you decide what you think is best. What does that mean? Up until this point, there have been basically two levels of Patreon. The one dollar a month level was called a production assistant, which gets you an early peek at the next movie a few days ahead of time, and that's about it. Most of the perks were for producers, and both of the titles came from uh, you know movie titles, of course. And producers would get early access to episodes. Uh, any bonus episodes that came out as well as getting a movie of your choice covered for five bucks a month. When I created that, I thought perhaps having a $5 a month level could help me break even with the costs of the show. And it certainly did put a dent in things as we learned earlier with the uh, income streams. And maybe at some point I can still break even. But I think if anything, hopefully you can get the sense that I don't really care about making money off of this show. That's not why I'm creating this podcast. So I might as well make it easier for you. Let you decide what you think is fair. Moving forward, I'm going to unpublish the $5 a month level and make Patreon a pay what you want model. You can decide what you think is fair. Now, realistically, Patreon will not allow anything below a dollar a month. Probably because their processing fees come out of that and that means they're only making a few cents a month and it's not really worth it to them. But there is a box that you can type in any amount that you want or you can keep it at a dollar a month or you can opt to not help support the show and keep listening for free. Hopefully you get the sense that I'm not going to be making money off the show. If there, if there is money coming in, that money is just going to go right back into making the show better. I didn't even talk about some of the other costs, things like the uh, stickers and giveaways and buttons and all that that kind of stuff. But I still hope that it's not coming across that I'm not appreciative of the folks who have put their hard-earned money into helping me pay the cost of the show. I am. I just want it to be more fair, and everyone is in a different boat when it comes to finances, so I don't think I can be the one to determine what you think is fair. Only you can do that. I'll keep creating the show to the best of my abilities regardless. And if you can help out, that's great. If not, you're still awesome. And right about now would be a perfect place for an audio smiley emoji. I need to invent those. But I still want to provide a bit of a thank you if you do choose to support the show. So... Anyone who donates on Patreon will get the benefits of the producer level before. They're going to get access to episodes on Friday before the public release on Monday, every other week. And any bonus episodes that come out. I really hope to be able to continue doing the bonus episodes as I uncover fun documents in my research and things that I think will help add and supplement the story. And now for some bad news. I'm going to have to remove... The guarantee of getting a movie of your choice covered when you support the show on Patreon. I hope to bring it back, but with all of these changes, before I can commit to that again, I want to actually make sure I can follow through. Of course, you can always recommend a movie to get covered at any time. That hasn't and will never change. In fact, I add a little tab to the site over at BasedOnATrueStoryPodcast.com that lets you create a new episode request that'll automatically add a new ticket into my backlog in JIRA. That's the project management tool that I use to organize everything. It's just that the guarantee is a bit trickier to, well, guarantee. So before bringing that part of it back, I want to make sure that I can uh, adjust to this new schedule as expected. All right. I've rattled on for long enough now. You're here to learn more about the true stories behind movies and not this podcast. I just wanted to give you a bit of an update. So, to do a quick recap, for the foreseeable future, Base on a True Story is going to be released every other Monday. Patreon is going to be simplified to only one level pay what you want with a $1 minimum. And the reward for that is going to be early episodes or early access to public episodes. They're going to come out on Friday instead of, or they'll come out on every other Friday instead of every other Monday. And then there's also going to be some Patreon only bonus episodes that get released, it's going to be a little bit more sporadically. That happens as I have time. Got any questions? Let me know by reaching out to Dan at base on a True Story Thanks for all of your support. I, I really mean that. I can't express how much it means to me to have heard from so many people during the past few weeks after losing my father. If you listened to the last episode, you heard him yourself. He was laughing and telling the story of how he and my mom met. That was six days before his death. And the day after I recorded that, we recorded more family history, over eight hours of it in all. The point is, one day he was alive and well, Laughing along to classic dag jokes. The next, you get the idea. I don't think I'll ever truly get over it fully. Obviously, I'm sorry. As anyone who has lost a parent can attest, things change in a way I can't really put into words but we must continue. We must find our new normal while honoring the memory of those who have left us, even though we all know they're still with us. Let me just say, though, that since putting the show on hiatus, I've been inundated with emails and messages from around the world offering kind words and support. It really means more to me than you can know. I'm so glad to be able to continue the show, and I hope you can find the same amount of joy listening along that I do in creating it. And that's where I'll leave this episode. Oh wait, I almost forgot to mention the one thing that you're probably wondering right now. The show is going to a bi-weekly release, but when is that starting? When is a new regular episode a base on a true story coming out? The answer is right now. If you've made it this far, there's already a fresh episode in your podcast app of choice ready to go. So cue it up and enjoy.